For podcast listeners, this is a teaser of the kinds of conversations you'll find over on our Mighty Networks channel. In this conversation, we talk through what it might, what it takes for an organization to utilize peer-to-peer feedback in a helpful way. Have you ever, ever been in a conversation where someone gave you feedback and you went, ouch? Well, come and you will get tips on how to turn an ouch into an oh my, that was helpful. Join us at Mighty Networks today and get access to a backlog of over six months of conversations, community calls, and other resources. Now to the podcast. Are you in a leadership role trying to figure out how to convince others to change their mind? Have you ever wondered why is leading and influencing others so darn hard? Are you looking for practical answers to these two vital questions? If so, welcome to my podcast, Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. I'm your host, Denise Cooper, and I am a storyteller. I interview thought leaders and people just like you who are learning and practicing the art and expanding on the science of leadership. Listen as my guests and I talk about what it takes to be a remarkable leader in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for showing up. Oh my gosh, we've got a nice little crowd here and I'm so happy to hear and see folks that are here. How you doing, Taylor? How you doing? Oh, haven't seen you in a while, just Josephine. Hi, guys. I'm shaking my hands for those of you who don't really see what's going on here. (laughs) Say hi to everybody who's here. I'm so glad that you came. This is a space where you can show up for live interactive questions and answers about your most pressing problems. And it just is really interesting what things people will send in to us. And our job is to figure out how to come up with a topic and a series of questions in which you, the audience, will get great value and feedback. So we talk about all kinds of things like, are you having trouble with your boss? or communicating with your boss? Do you know the difference between acculturation into a new community or into a new culture or business or workplace and assimilation? And which is it that you are trying to strive for? Do you understand how to work with your peers? Is there that one peer who just doesn't seem to work for you? Well, Remarkable Leadership Lessons is all about helping you be the best leader no matter where you are in your journey for work and leadership. So today, we are going to be talking about kind of getting feedback in your workplace, peer-to-peer feedback. And how does that happen? What is a good way for that to be happening? And how do you know what feedback to take and what feedback not to take? So those are some of the things we're going to talk about. As always, I have my partner in crime, Miss Alexa Greer. Hi, everybody. I'm really excited to be here today, Denise, and I have some great questions for you this week. Are you ready for them? Always, always. And as everybody, you need to know that these are unscripted answers. So (laughs) we like to think that that would be more fun. Absolutely. So the first question I have for you, Denise, is how do you assess if your organization is ready for peer-to-peer feedback? 
Wow. So let's talk a little bit about why peer-to-peer feedback is actually tricky. First thing is, most of us don't know how to give good feedback. What we give is our perspective on how we would handle it and doesn't necessarily take into consideration the motivations, the skills, the the points of view of the person whom we're giving feedback to. So what does that look like? So oftentimes people will come to me in my coaching sessions and they'll say, well, you know what? My boss gave me some feedback and he started with, I'm giving you feedback. This is in a loving way. It's not a big deal. It's just what people are having conversations about you. And I want to share that with you. Well, that's a cringeworthy kind of moment, in my opinion. (laughs) Because it immediately sets up your defenses. Who are these people who are talking about me? What would they be saying? When did they say that? And the biggest question in your mind is going to be, why didn't they come and tell me what was going on or what was on their mind? And so you can see how if it's ever happened to you, or even if you just heard me say that, did you get that kind of cringe when you heard it? Well, that immediately shuts down your thinking. You can't hear anything because now your brain is going to evaluation mode. Why did they say it? What does it mean? Is this going to show up on my performance review? Do I trust people? Did I say something and someone's twisted it and now using it against me? It's just kind of the natural thing that happens. Rarely do you say, oh, I'm so positive. Everybody's talking about me generally does not happen. So peer-to-peer feedback is a really good idea, but it's got to be done in a way that everybody can kind of accept what's going on. So here's the kinds of, this is the kind of context or box or framework, whatever you want to call it, that I would put together in your mind and in the organization. So the first thing is, how do you start the meeting? So think about From your perspective, what is it out of the meeting that would be most helpful for you? Remembering that the other person that you're asking for the feedback is only going to give you their perspective on how they would do it. Most organizations haven't learned how to ask really good questions that people can be comfortable being questioned. So what does that mean? So have you been in a meeting and you saw things very differently, or you heard someone else see something very differently. And the feedback that you got was, oh, you need to be more positive. Put a spin on that so that everyone can accept it. And in your mind, you're thinking, but I was giving good feedback. There are some issues on the table and we really should be thinking about it. That's where the organization is not mature enough. And maturity is, Do they have the skills to move from just accepting and reacting to actually digesting and using the feedback to forward the work? So think of that as where's your organization on that? So the framework or the steps you would want to take would be these. First, give context. What is it you want? Is it this person's perspective on how they would do it? so that you know it's not what you should do, but you're trying to glean something from their answer that's gonna help you think about it. 
Do you want them to react how they feel? Did they hear it emotionally? Did they hear it from an operations point of view or a process point of view? Or did they hear it from, is it allowable? Is this the rules? Or did you want it to be, did you want ideas on how to better present or better think about what's going on? So think about what is it that you want out of this? What's the goal of this conversation in which you're soliciting feedback or giving feedback out of it? And then state that, hey, Denise, I saw you in that presentation. You looked a little uncomfortable in front of all the folks. What, what, that was just my perspective. How are you feeling about that? And then it opens it up for me to say, oh yeah, I really was feeling uncomfortable about it. I had changed my slides about an hour ago and I lost my train of thought in the middle of it. And then now what you've done is confirmed their perspective. You've heard what their perspective was. It was either aligned or it wasn't aligned. But what if the person said, oh, no, I wasn't nervous and I wasn't, you know, I, I, I thought I slammed that perspective, that pr- presentation. Again, now you understand from their eyes, from their perspective, what is going on. So that's the first thing I always say. Figure out what the other person's thinking. Figure out what the context is. What were they trying to do? What did it look like? Now you can decide once you know that they thought they did really, really well, or they thought they bombed and everybody now can see it and they're holding on to that. Now you have some context of, would you like to hear my perspective or what what could I do to tell, what could I tell you to help you be better the next time around or to give you some feedback that would be helpful for you? as you're thinking about putting together presentations in our culture, in our organization. So now what you've done is turned over to the other person. What is it that they need? What does support look like to them? And the person may come with, well, tell me your opinion. Tell me, and they'll be, sometimes they're very vague about what they want. Just ask another question of, so how will you use this information? Is it to improve? Is it to connect with us better? Is it to solve a problem? Those kinds of things. And then you can give one or two alternatives on how they could achieve that. Not more than one or two. Because if you give more than one or two, it kind of feels like you're peppering them with, this is awful, that's awful, this is awful, that's awful, this is awful. And it just doesn't really feel very good. Even if you go with the whole sandwich thing, right? You know, sometimes training courses on feedback tell you to do the sandwich thing, tell them something good, tell them what's something bad, and then tell them something good. It's confusing. And it doesn't really feel like I got good feedback. What you've done is confuse me on, well, I did these two things right. And I did this one thing wrong. Should I pay attention to the one thing wrong? Or should I pay attention to what the good things are? So what I I coach people to say is, Everything has a two-edged sword. So your strengths also have a weak side. If you overuse your strengths, then it becomes a weakness. So there's always two sides to everything. Make your decision on what the feedback is going to be. And it's okay to pause and to think before you open your mouth. I always say my brain and my mouth don't always lock together very well. And so sometimes my mouth goes off before my brain has a chance to tell it what to do. But it's okay to pause. And to say, you know, let me think about this for a hot second. Okay, so what you're trying to do after this presentation 
is figure out how did it land? That may be the goal that they had. Did everybody understand what you were talking about? Do you think everyone agreed that these are the problems and what you presented as the solution is the right thing to do? You might have been thinking about commitment. So just because everybody was in the room nodding doesn't really tell you that you had commitment. So you see how I've given, you did this, your goal was, how do you know? So by asking the questions in that, you also help the person think about what was it? They give a chance, they get now give a chance to tell you what it was they were achieving, but you also gave them some feedback that was helpful. Because now you've clarified in their mind exactly what they were trying to measure, what they were trying to do. And now you can give feedback in a way that helps them go to the next place. So say they said, yeah, I really wanted to know, did I get the commitment to move forward on this project that we've got? And and you notice from your perspective, maybe they didn't ask for it. And I know that's something that we've talked about in past Mighty Network conversations as well, is how do you set up a meeting so that everybody knows what the clear objective is? And ask for commitment. So if you do those things, then chances are you're going to be giving good feedback peer to peer, as well as if you happen to be a supervisor and has to give feedback to someone else who's in your organization, simply shifting it from feedback to how their performance was, will soften and encourage growth and coaching within the organization. Thank you so much, Denise. I'm seeing lots of heart reacts in the comments. I'm seeing some some waving hands from people. This leads nicely into the, the next question, which is around how do you tell the difference between skilled feedback versus unskilled feedback? And as I'm, as I'm reading this question, it's reminding me of a situation that I had. This was a few years ago where I got, I had feedback that felt a lot like gossip. It felt super unskillful. I did not hear it from the person who had the thought on me. And the feedback was that I was coming off as bossy and it was challenging for me because it did not feel like kind feedback. It did not feel like feedback that was intended to help me grow. And I, it it just makes me wonder when an organization is newer in the maturity scale of peer-to-peer feedback, how do you judge if feedback you're getting is skilled or unskilled? That's, I think the fact that you reacted the way you did, confused, a bit hurt, and probably defensive kind of tells you that they don't give feedback very well, or at least the person doesn't give feedback very well out of it. And so step back. My my advice is step back and ask yourself, note that this person is trying to tell me something. I'm assigning a motive that is not positive to them. I need to breathe and ask a question. And the question is, I appreciate what you're sharing with me. Can you tell me why you chose to share it? And think about how that lands. Why did you choose to share it? And if they give you something a little bit catty or not thoughtful, maybe that's a better way of saying it. Like, oh, I just thought you needed to know. That's how you're coming across is bossy. Then you can shake your head and say, well, you know what? I really appreciate your your comments. 
your thoughts on it. And I'm going to think about it because more than likely you hear that you're not really ready to give any feedback. (laughs) Because the first thing out of your mouth was probably going to be something. Oh, well, thank you for your perspective. And I've actually used that. Thank you very much for your perspective. I will take it under consideration. Know that when you do that, you're immediately going to put them on the defensive. And sometimes that's the tactic that you want, particularly if you think the person is gossipy, critical, overly critical, and gives you information that's really not helpful to the situation or your career or you. And that's a judgment call. And so sometimes what you want to do is give feedback that says, thank you very much. I appreciate your perspective. I'll take it under advisement. And then you just walk away. The other is, is that if you really honestly think this person is trying to give you feedback that is for your growth, and maybe they're just clumsy in the words that they chose. And so bossy comes across that way, but you really feel like the person is trying to be supportive. Then the next thing you might think about is, wow, that didn't come across well, but I know in her heart or that she's trying to do the right thing and give me some important feedback. Then the question might be is, bossy is a little challenging for me right now. What would you expect me to do? How would you handle it? And hear what they would say. Maybe bossy, they interpreted bossy because you spoke over a couple people. Maybe it was because you were too direct in answering the question and the culture and the way this this group thinks and the way they interact is more softer. So they talk about, well, you know, the possibilities we could do is this, or the potential in this is this. Still saying very nicely, I didn't like your idea, think about this, but the way it comes across is a little different. You're still being directive when you talk to someone and say, hey, you know what? I think you were you you were a little bit too direct in what you said. You might want to soften it up by talking about the context or saying starting listing what were the good things, but how good things can go to bad things or be perceived as bad things. So that what you're doing is one thing you're asking the person to consider. Remember, not more than two, but then it feels like you're criticizing. But one or two things that you can say, hey, have you thought about this? The other is in bossy, sometimes it's tone. And we're not really aware of tone. Oh, interesting. What do you mean by that? So I had to learn that I have the kind of voice that carries and can be harsh when I'm thinking about something because I become very direct. And so I've gotten feedback that said, you're too not just too bossy, but you kind of sound like you're criticizing in me when that's not my intention. So I had to learn that first of all, that's how people are gonna perceive me. Has nothing to do with me, but it does have to do with as a leader, am I able to engender people to follow me or am I pushing them away? And so what I started doing was adding more context around my answer first. So I might say, hey, I heard you say that the other day. I was a bit confused. I walked away with this. What is that what you meant? 
And so by asking that question to confirm and verify what I was feeling and thinking, it softened that. I had to remember that sometimes because of my experience and where I've been, I can see things are not working out and I can zero right in on, well, what does this number look like? Why is it this way? And how come we haven't done this? And I will start asking a series of questions, one after the other, after the other. And that immediately puts people on the defensive. And so I had to learn as just as a practice, same questions, say, hey, I see this. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Or if I see this number go this way, then I'm going to assume this. Did you think that too? And so it's the, I'm still being direct. I'm still saying, I'm still pointing out that I think this is wrong, but I'm doing it in a way that's more inviting. The third thing I had to learn was when I'm introducing myself in early meetings with people, I tell them about that feeling and habit and the feedback I've gotten in the past. Sometimes people will feel, in fact, One of my staff members said, Denise, when you don't understand something, it feels like you are under a laser beam. And I'll tell people that when I don't understand something, I'm going to I may pepper you unintentionally with a bunch of questions and it may feel like you're under a laser beam. And I've gotten that feedback before. You need to know my heart isn't about isn't focused on hurting you. It's really about trying to understand your perspective. So if I do it, just raise your hand. And I'll know, oh, wait a minute, I'm doing it again. And then I can correct my behavior. So by giving context, again, what is it I'm trying to do? What's the goal? How am I trying to get feedback, give feedback? Then people need to know how to work with me. Does that help? Oh, absolutely. And thank you for that. For speaking to my situation a little bit too, because it is, yeah, it's just a challenging spot to be put in for sure. And we have a few minutes left. So this will be our last question. How does an organization prepare their teams to give skills feedback? And what should they consider differently if they have, say, a remote team or hybrid team? So let me take the easy part first. The easy part is how do you think about it differently when you're face-to-face or remote or hybrid? This formula is a, a general rule. It's been batted forth, back and forth, but as a general rule, it tends to be okay. We, we glean meaning, understanding, shared perspective from body language, the presence of each other, about you know, 57% of communication is based on how I visually see you and the energy that you push off. Another 30-ish percent of the time, it's based on our tone. So those two things make up pretty close to 90% of how we communicate with each other. And so if you remember those two things, then it generally will help you whether you're remote or hybrid. So let's take remote or hybrid. Many of you are on this call, no judgment in this conversation or this evaluation, but you also don't have your camera on. Now, I am sure that you you don't have your camera on because you're probably doing something. You're maybe you don't feel like you are presentable. 
those kinds of things. Great, not a problem. And today, if you want to show up, don't show your camera. I'm perfectly fine with it. But let me tell you another situation. So I'm making a consideration on purchasing a, a product, a vendor solution. It actually was for a compensation. And this is a you know $40,000, $50,000 decision that I need to make. I had three meetings with the sales manager and the person, the sales rep was on the call. So it was the sales manager and the sales rep. We had three meetings, each of them about 30, 45 minutes, the typical sales call. What do you need? This is our solution. Here's how it works. Follow-up questions, all of that. In all three of those, no one ever came off to show their face. Wow. How did that feel for you, Denise? First of all, it was weird. Second, it made me think, is this a company I wanted to do business with? Because they don't even take the time to show me their face. So how can I trust them when I can't even see your face? Now, fortunately, because I do this work, I could take that self-talk and say, this is an unskilled group of individuals. And even though I asked them to not be, to be on camera, and they said, oh, I'm not looking good, or I'm driving, I don't want to da-da-da-da-da. I had to mentally and emotionally set that aside in my decision-making on whether I choose their product or the other two competitors, who, by the way, did show up. Just something to think about. Tone and face-to-face, that energy of seeing 90% of how we give feedback. And so when you're preparing your teams, When you're preparing yourself, ask yourself, which of those two are you going to leverage? And you can do it over the phone. You can do it over Zoom. And if it's going to be tone and animation and exaggeration of, hey, I'm with you and whatnot, then do that. Don't just sit straight up, kind of be back and forth in your chair, away from the microphone. Lean in. Show interest. Even if you're writing, even if you're multitasking, look up occasionally at the speaker. Send something in the chat to let people know that you're listening, you're paying attention. Because think about yourself. If you think you're talking and nobody's paying attention, what does that do to your tone? What does that do to your energy? And what does that do to your body language? Are you connected? Are you not connected? Are you multitasking in your head? Oh, they're not hearing me. Did so-and-so, oh, wow, look at who's doing this over here. Oh, uh, where's my, all of a sudden you've now disconnected from it. So the first place is always, if you're preparing your team, prepare the kind of feedback you're going to give. That's my tips for this week. Thank you so much, Denise. This is a great conversation. Where can people keep up with you? You know what? I want to say this. Thank you for tuning in and sending in such great questions. Thank you, my dear, on my cohort partner here. Of course. We do these monthlies. And so I really would hope that you will enroll so that you can get updated Zoom links for next month's call. Send those questions in. You can go to my website, which is remarkableleadershiplessons.com. You can spell it all out. It'll take you there. There'll be a, a drop down that says community. You can register there. 
You can also send your questions to me on LinkedIn. And it's just Denise Cooper, Remarkable Leadership and Pack for You. You'll know that's me. Or you can email me at denise.cooper at R-L-L-E-S-S-O-N-S.com. That's it. So with closing, here's two things I'd love for you to do. It would mean the world to me if you would invite someone to come on the call or invite someone to listen to it with you and start a conversation. Because as I say in my podcast, Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper at the end, if you share the conversation with people, I guarantee whether you liked it or didn't like it, it will lead to a conversation that will help you become a remarkable leader. And next month, I hope that you invite a friend to this call and at least listen to it. With that, we'll see you next month. That's a wrap. And I'm Denise Cooper, and you've been listening to Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. Let me thank my good friend, Ivan G. Hall, for the background music. I'd like to ask you to do three things. One, if you liked it, share it with your friends. Let's build up our community. Two, subscribe so that you don't miss when a new episode drops. And lastly, if you've got a question or a comment, leave it below. I'd love to hear what you thought was good, what I could do better, and what topics you'd like to hear about. Let me thank my guests one more last time. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.